Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to the very first Black Canvas podcast. This is hopefully where we queue in a round of applause. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is the very first one, as I just said, but we are not a new platform. But for those of you who may be new to Black Canvas, I'll give you a little bit of background. So Black Canvas is an online talk show. So we are predominantly on, well, mainly on YouTube. And we are dedicated to cultivating meaningful conversations by showcasing the rich, complex and multifaceted layers of the Black British experience. So we cover all types of topics, but they generally include topics around health and well-being, relationships, society and, of course, popular culture. And we've been doing that for a number of years. I would say we've been doing it consistently from about 2018, 2019, um, obviously right before the pandemic. We were in a studio, we were doing our thing, and then the pandemic hit. And yeah, as everyone listening knows, that it just threw a complete spanner in the works for anyone that needed to physically be anywhere. But we found a home on Zoom like everyone else. And yeah, here we are, not another podcast. And that was something that we were debating, every, you know, back and forth. Do we want to do this? But no, this is a natural evolution, I think, for us as, as a team, as a platform. So I'm going to throw it out to my partners in crime. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we'll get into it. Who would like to go first? Should we say ladies first? Well. Yeah, ladies first. I mean, we can do that. <laughs> so hi guys, I'm Tiffany. I'm um, the other creator and producer of Black Canvas. I'm also a creative producer in general, so I tap into things like makeup artistry, visual artistry, um, and I'm also growing my brand where I um, make crochet pieces and beaded uh, adornments for the ladies and, and, and everybody, actually. So, yeah, creative being, creative butterfly, multifaceted, you know how we do. <laughs> Uh, hi everyone, I'm Dems, Demetrius, aka Gemini Dems, aka always reclaiming my time. I am also co-creator, co-producer of Black Canvas TV. And yeah, that's all you need to know for now. Short and sweet, yeah. And I'll introduce myself. So for those of you that don't know, I'm Tops, Sincerely Tops, on across all my socials. Again, yep, yeah, co-creator, co-producer of Black Canvas TV. And I guess... The question is, why a podcast? And the simple answer is, why not? You know, like, I think that we really had to reimagine what the platform looked like with the pandemic. And like many people, we adjusted and we made it work. But I think moving into the podcast space is definitely a natural progression, as I said, for us as a team. And look, at the end of the day, we have some great conversations in our group chat. Those of you that follow me personally know that I'm always yapping about something online. And I think, look, 2023, I think it's definitely a time to just go and do it. I think, would you guys agree? Like, if you want to do something, just go ahead and do it. Sometimes we make excuses that I think really does hold us back. And we don't want to do that with this platform. If we feel like we want to do something, we're going to do it. Exactly. I totally agree. Sometimes mm -hmm. just do the thing. It may not be perfect, it may not be polished, but the point is, is that you're doing it and it gets better and better over time. So Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I guess in terms of 
you know, what we want to achieve with the podcast. It's no different to what we wanted to achieve with the YouTube platform. It's absolutely no different. We want to spark conversations and raise awareness about issues that impact us as a community. And that's something that we want to hopefully do with this podcast. Um, Our content, obviously, online involves discussions around so many different things that I mentioned at the beginning. And yeah, we just want to humanise our experiences, what's happening in popular culture, what's happening in the news, and just take a deep dive into these topics and potentially add a bit of nuance, different um, points of view, even though we're very close and we are at, we're friends, but we also have very different backgrounds and we're also in different you know, parts of our lives with different ages, and we're doing different things. So I think that the three of us coming together definitely does bring a nice, what's the word I'm looking for? Nice diversity of thought. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that That's makes sense. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, I think we've covered, you know, the who, the whys, the when, all the, all that kind of good stuff. Um, in terms of sort of, I guess the, the approach to the pod. Um, so Generally, we like to break up our conversations. So again, if you're familiar with YouTube, what we do there, it's it's not going to be that much different. We're going to have, you know, a highlight of the week, you know, short, sharp to the point. What has been your highlight of the week? And I think it's really important to do that because particularly in this social media age, so much happens, like so loud that sometimes I think it's good to kind of just take a look back. And I feel like it grounds you when you think about, okay, through all the noise, what's the one thing that stands out for you? So that's something that we'll be doing every week. We'll have our main topic that will basically, I guess, anchor the entire conversation. Um, and then that could be anything, again, from popular culture. It could be anything from politics. I mean, there's a lot of mess going on there at the moment. So that could literally be our entire episode. Um, and then we also want to do something called Spotlight, where we spotlight someone something an event um that we feel that you as our listeners need to know about so that could be a product it could be an event it could be a platform it could be a person it could be anything something that's important to us that we think you need to know and then of course as we do on youtube a nice little summary what did we learn today because yes today we are all about teaching and we're all about you taking something away just not talking for talk's sake so yeah, that basically sums up how we're going to approach this. And as I said in the very beginning, I'm so happy that you're here joining us. And I think that's that. Have I missed anything, guys? I don't think you have. Really? Yeah, I think that's pretty important, to be honest. Okay, so what would you say is your highlight of the week? Dems? Hmm. Dems? Actually, my highlight of the week is that I went for a run for the first time in about a month. So just before Christmas, I sprained my wrist and then I caught, and after that, I caught this like flu virus thing that's been going around. So I haven't really do, been doing much exercise the last like month. So a couple of days ago, the first time I kind of like did some vigorous exercise and plus I'm doing like a 10k winter run in a couple of weeks. So I'm quite happy that my performance is still good. So yeah, that was my highlight. Wow, a 10k run. Oh my god, I really want to be like when I grow up. Like those kind of things. (laughs) Like yes. Oh my day. Well, yeah, I love it. (laughs) Tiffany, your highlight of the week. Um, I actually took a pretty spontaneous trip to Amsterdam, which was pretty cool. 
um it was freezing cold like here but you know it was it was a nice little adventure and a little break because you know life has been life in um so it was nice to just have a minute you know so yeah that was definitely the highlight of the week and also just with the new year just having a positive outlook on things like even with what we're doing you know just getting on and being creative and making sure that I'm honoring different parts of my creativity so yeah Mm -hmm. I love that honestly any yeah any opportunity to get out off this island I'm sorry like that would be (laughs) my life (laughs) so yes well done to you um I think my highlight I'm gonna just be so mushy but this is definitely my highlight because we've been talking about doing this for so long and the fact that we're actually doing it is a massive highlight for me because you know me like I've just got the gift of the gab so any opportunity to have a chat and I love chopping up with you both. So yeah, this is this is definitely a highlight for me. Honestly, we need to bring the group track to life because they don't know. <laughs> Listen, oh, they really don't times. know about the group chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of you listening, I'm pretty sure that you all have that one because I'm quite a few, right? But you do have that one group chat that, like, you could just it's just unfiltered. Like, you can just <laughs> absolutely just be yourself. Like, if it was ever to leak anywhere, like, you know, them ones where you need to have that space. I think it's really important to have that space. Not everything Agreed. needs to be shared online. Yeah, that's oh, 100%. 90% of the content that is online doesn't need to be there. Basically. Like, exactly. you know, sometimes Sorry. I see tweets and I think to myself, where are your friends? Like, where's your WhatsApp? <laughs> no, my reaction is always, don't you have a group chat? Yeah, where's yes. always my reaction. Everyone needs at least one group chat where they can put oh. all their nonsense out there, and then when they read it, they're like, "Oh yeah, great that it's there and not in mm-hmm. the public domain." Exactly, exactly. So speaking of group chats and oversharing, <laughs> so there has been something in the midst in in the media for a very long time it just seems to dominate news like you can you, you cannot get away from it like you have to really try very hard to get away from harry and Meghan <laughs> because you don't because it's just everywhere like you go out and his book is everywhere like it's just that just seems to be the number one his forehead is everywhere literally like that image on the book is yeah is, is very very striking um and I will say we would we were in two minds about you know whether we were going to discuss it, but again we are wanting to talk about things that are in the media and popular culture, just things that are online. So you can't really get away from it. So we can talk about it once, and yeah, <laughs> that's it. So Meghan and Harry, unless you've been living under a rock, Harry, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle met fell in love it was a beautiful love story and then things went to shits and now it just seems to be the only thing that our media loves to report on so when we were looking in terms of topics and stuff because I didn't want us to do like a 2022 reflection but I think they did definitely dominate a lot of the news cycle last year do you think or is it just only if you're paying attention you notice oh no they definitely dominated a lot of the news cycle like if it if it wasn't like the conservative government being dickheads then it was Meghan and Harry so why are we talking about them is that the simple question or why or actually more specifically why are black people 
why see, why are we so obsessed with them see this is my this is my thing i'm i'm not interested in the monarchy i want to abolish it and i'm just not interested in megan and harry in general i mean fair enough when when they were in the press last year and there was just blatant obvious misogynoir and racism in the press and from the general public as well i was like right okay that's that's not good and i definitely like critiqued that a lot and i critiqued it online as well and with like friends and stuff like that but outside of that and especially because megan was pregnant as well that time and for me i'm just like if someone's pregnant regardless of whether the issue that's at hand is their fault or not. I just generally just don't say anything because, you know, she's pregnant and she's going through a lot as it is. And that's why, like, I came and defended her. But outside of that and the racism, like, I'm just not interested and I'm not going to be doing up Avengers Assemble to defend them too and what's going on with them and the monarchy. I'm just not interested. But I don't know why everyone else is. Outside of the racism part, obviously. Yeah. But like all of the interviews and stuff that we're seeing now, I'm just like, and the TV show, that reality TV show that they did, even like the interview of Oprah, I'm just like, I'm just not interested. It's none of my business. That is a, that is very much a you problem. Outside of like the racism that like Megan is facing with like the British public and the press, everything else is a you problem because we all know what the monarchy is we all know what it's about and if you want to be there and be like the face of anti-racism within the monarchy then do you know what that's your business please don't beg me i think um i mean if we're looking at 2022 and like reflections that that definitely was a huge part of 2022 there was obviously you know a lot of movement within our government like they were doing musical chairs with pms and stuff I, but I, I think the reason why it's important maybe to to focus on Harry Meghan for a little bit is I do think that a lot of it is a distraction around what is what should be important. Like I think it's very entertaining and whatnot, but in t- but once it becomes a distraction from the very real issues that we're facing here in the UK, I think that's when it becomes a problem. And mm. one of the issues that I was I found was that there were a lot of like black women that were really taking up their cause, like, you know, proper putting it on their head, like, and, you know, every interview they're there, every debate they're there, like talking about Harry and Meghan, like it was just, it was a a lot like, and in the very beginning, I understood it to a degree because I think wherever you're having a discussion around race and misogynoir, like I think as a black woman, uh, I mean, unless you're like made of stone, I think, at some on some level you're gonna like you know relate on some level do you know what i mean because Mm. it's an injustice right um but that's as far as it goes for me right when we now move into a space where and i think with them doing more interviews and now the book even though i knew this all along i think some people are now starting to really see who they are um and they don't actually have a problem with the institution right they don't actually have a problem with like white supremacy and the monarchy and being a part of this colonial dynasty. They don't actually have a problem with that. Um, They are unhappy that they just weren't able to be who they want to be within that institution. And that is not my problem. 
And that also is not the face of an anti-racist or somebody who claims to do anti-racist work. And when you're given, when you start giving them awards and all these different things, you can't on one hand be an advocate for anti-racism and working to make the world more fairer and more equitable. And at the same time, tell me that you believe in the monarchy. Exactly. Like it just, it, it just, that doesn't, it's, I'm sorry, no. Like, and that's why, and, and that's why, again, like you said, I was engaging with it last year because the conversation was different last year. The conversation was about, you know, the, the framing of how Megan is being spoken about in the press and in the general public. But now, because of the book and the TV show, we're looking into their lives and we're kind of, it's just, it, like you said, it's just really distracting. There are other things that are going on in this country. You're not the face of right. You're not the face of anti-racism. You're not going to do anything to make the monarchy less racist than it already is. It's just like, do you know what? I've, well, do, according do, do, to do... them, they said that, well, according to Harry, because I know you haven't seen the interview, Dems, but I watched it on our behalf. And he said, well, we never called them racist. And everyone's like, what? Like, they were like, the media did that. We didn't call them racist. And I'm watching it thinking... Look, I'm not even, I'm not even shocked that they're weaponizing their grief because they're clearly saying that we, we were down to do our job, right? We were down to do the visits, the meets, the this, the representation. You saw how Megan spoke about consciously changing her appearance to, to fit in, to make sure that she was acclimated to this new climate of, that she was in. So I'm not even mad about that it's people it's people you know all this like hyper focus and interest is coming from a lot of black people that you know have just rallied behind her because it's oh look you know she's been abused because da, 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 da. no one's talking about the fact that she that that's what she wanted she she made a conscious decision to do this right i can i can empathize with her pain you know and stress because obviously it's a stressful situation you've had to flee like you know I don't know, the family from, um, anyways, I'm not, I just think it's people, we keep doing this faux, faux rage thing, this, you know, let's rally and make a whole movement that really doesn't mean anything, and then this is the reason why they are now being plastered all over anti-racist this and anti-racist that, when really, they're not even educated in that realm, when you listen to Harry talk, does he know what he's talking about, he's saying things oh. all over the place. I think the the burning question for me is why have some black people really like what what do you see in Megan like why do what I'm fumbling my words here because I really just want to understand like why is she the hill that you want to like you know pitch so you your tent on do you know what I mean like because even when I was because I, I again you know because you know I I did this for the team I watched the Netflix documentary Thank you and. Very much. <laughs> Sorry. No, and then what? For, for full for full transparency, like we we knew that we were going to talk about this talk talk about this topic, and we were like, oh, we need to do some research. And in the group chat, I was flat out, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> I'm not going to watch the um, reality TV thing that they've got on Netflix. Um, I hadn't watched any of like the interviews like with like Oprah or anything last year. And then I was contemplating, like, getting the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, I was literally on the Audible page, and I was like, oh, 
This this voice, <laughs> I'm gonna hear this. I'm gonna I'm gonna hear this one yeah yeah voice in my ear talking about no oh, no no I can't like I can't I can't do it to myself. So no. yeah, I'm sorry no, guys. I, I've I've slacked for this topic, but I can't. No, it's absolutely fine. That's I just... why I. I took one for the team, guys. It's Thank absolutely you. fine. Thank you, Tops. Like, when Dem said, I said, you know what? It's absolutely fine. I will take one for the team. So I watched the Netflix, albeit over about a week or so, because I just could not do it in one sitting. Um, but I watched it. And there was, in the very beginning, they were doing like a reflection of like the mood in the UK when they announced their engagement. And I thank God I was not around on the street when they were doing this, but they were clearly going around interviewing any black person they could find. And, oh, how do you feel? And these people were talking about how, oh, God, I finally feel seen. And, you know, it makes me feel like my place here is validated. I'm thinking, what? I honestly, I'd, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you guys saw this, but is that what people were doing at the time? Like there was all this mania about finally as black people, we have somebody in the royal family and it makes us feel like our place here is like solid and I see myself I'm and sorry, I'm thinking, no. I why saw, do you see yourself? I saw some articles in the press like last year, like when the, like the, when the wedding was happening, I saw some, I, I think there was like a lot of articles in the press saying that but in terms of like seeing people doing like vox pops and stuff and stuff like that i've never seen it and mm. i i don't i don't get it actually to be fair a lot of the a lot of the press that i saw was american as well oh i mean to be fair that, that that's too i expect that from from them you know no offense if any of our american cousins are listening but i i kind of expect that whole like fanfare and it just being over the top because that generally is sort of like the american way but i didn't realize that the mood in the uk from like the blacks was was like this with the monarchy like i just found it really weird and my question is okay if you like her i mean i don't have anything against megan of course i don't but i just like even her being quite clear that she's a mixed race woman like Megan will say as a mixed race woman and then everyone else as a black woman. And I'm like, fam, she didn't, she's not black. And she very much is quite happy to sit in her mixed raceness and that's fine. Why are we, why do we want her to be our mascot so bad? That's my issue. Mm. Like if somebody who is as white passing as they can get, right. Can face that level of vitriol from the, British media, how much more do you think someone who looks like my dark skin ass mm. is going to go through? Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of I projection, and right. I don't. And if you're if you're like a mixed black person, I can I can assume that there's like there's some projection there because you're you're seeing someone that that looks like you. But I don't understand if you've got like two black parents, why you would project anything onto Megan if you know what I mean I don't know I mean I, I just I don't I just don't see why we would but I, I don't know Tiffany do you what have you got any like other thoughts on that before we just really move on from this <laughs> no I, I mean I was I agree with you guys but I was just saying like I think a lot of the time when these issues arise it's us that starts a big movement and necess to defend them when they haven't necessarily 
Do you know what I mean? Ask for that type of representation. They're literally just saying, you know, this is what we went through when we were trying to, they're basically saying we were trying to like um, do as we're told and this and this and that. And then you're just being rejected. And then it's like, oh, that's when we realise it's racism. Do you see what I'm saying? When actually, mm. if we be honest, if I'm in that position and it's like, this is just, this is not lack of empathy, it's just the truth. You have to, some, to some degree, expect that. This is the British monarchy. Like, it's it's the British monarchy. Okay, she doesn't live here, but like, uh, I'm sorry, she definitely did her research. But according to her, in the no, again, no, no, in the, that's, in the... That, that's that's yeah, that's noodles and chips. Sorry, um, she you would have did your research when she was getting hooked up. Everyone would been Prince Harry. Oh, let me go look. Like, come on. She said she didn't. She said she never googled him, which I don't yeah. believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't believe that someone from america with all of the civil rights policy changes mm. and progress that they've that that they've made as a community as african americans and they they always continue the, the the discussions about race and politics and stuff like that i don't understand how you would come to the uk marry someone in the royal family and think it's going to be roses and chocolates and plain sailing I just don't get it. I, I I found I found her. I don't know whether you want to call it either na- her being naive or stupid or whatever. But it it wasn't. It definitely wasn't endearing to me. And some of it I didn't believe. I just didn't buy it. I'm sorry. Um, she said that she never googled him, and I just don't. Be- I just don't believe it. Right. But as a couple, it's, it's just like level- it doesn't. It's not even. It's just not. It's just not. Yeah, it's just not convincing. Their level of naivety to me just. I found it like it just wasn't believable to me. Um, but mm. hey ho. But, but you can also- be. I I can understand. You can be like swept away with the romance of it all. Right. You know, like li- a literal prince is like in my DMs, and we're having this whirlwind romance, and I'm meeting the royal family. Do, do you know what I mean? I can understand, yeah, 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 yeah. especially with the way that we've been conditioned as men and women to be yeah. like swept away in the romance of it all. I can get why she kind of just like went with it and maybe mm. didn't like Google him or whatever, but still like they're part of the royal family. And right, right. Like we've, um, we've, we've had some form of like history lessons at some point in our life. <sighs> like, do you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I just think it they just I don't know I just I just think that like it does definitely grind my gears when I see how the British media goes in on her in particular because I know that it's not just about her either being an American or whatever I know that race has a play uh, race plays a part in that so there's also this part of me that just doesn't want to Sometimes I don't want to criticise them because I don't want to like feel like I'm joining in with the British media who just clearly are racist. But at the same time, these conversations, it is really important that they are as balanced and as laid as... Well, because it's quite layered. I think it's really important the conversation has to be balanced. And I think that we just need to come to the realisation that, look, these people will be fine, right? And also these people are not who some of these weirdos online are trying to make them out to be. They're not, right? If the royal family welcomes them back tomorrow with open arms, they will get on a plane and they'll be right back, right? 
this is all in the face of them suffering quite horrific racism and still being quite willing to be part of the institution. I also hate how, because they've been sort of um, put on this pedestal as being anti-racist campaigners, when Harry says something like, oh, it's not racism, it's unconscious bias, that trickles down into the consciousness of the media and other institutions. And they now start feeling like they can use that term this so is why example, we need to be careful about who right. we're letting in to do right. the anti-racist do work. The work. Right, exactly. If because you have devastating effects. Exactly, because if you're using racism and unconscious bias interchangeably, then you need to go back to Saturday school and keep reading them books and let other people that have been doing the work and doing the reading for years mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. be at the forefront for for anti-racism because yeah if that's the way that he's talking then i'm sorry goodbye shut up shop have a good day so, so this this was the interview that he did this was the interview that he did with um tom bradby on itv and where he challenged him on the accusation that the royal family are racist and he replied we never said that he said um they said that they 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 have unconscious bias right so he wasn't even using the terms interchangeably he's quite clearly making a distinction between racism and unconscious bias let me just start off by saying for all those who are listening there is no such thing as unconscious bias yeah let's just have a moment to take that in there is no such thing as unconscious bias harry using that term it almost dilutes what we're what we're t- talking about here, and again, I feel like it's all of it is a massive distraction. There's that quote that I love, right, about racism being a distraction, and it is so important. It's a quote by Toni Mor- Tony Morrison, where she says, "The function, the very serious function of racism, is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining." over and over again your reason for being and it goes on and on and on right and I think that perfectly just sums up the conversation about race in Britain because we spend so much time debating its existence is it racism is it not is it institutional racism is it not oh no it's not it's unconscious bias now we're going to spend the next hundred years talking about who is unconsciously biased you had the FA the other day talking about. I'm sorry. I just keep. I just keep laughing at the term. I'm sorry. It just makes yeah. me laugh. Like you had that. You had the FA the other day talking about what is this guy's name, saying that he is he is not a conscious racist. What the hell is that? Whether you're a conscious racist or an unconscious racist, you're you know still what? racist. I love how the language they love throwing weak words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They it's love really using loud. language, but they don't use it properly. Right. And this is the very this is the issue when you when you have Harry and Meghan and and or anyone who just isn't who doesn't hasn't done the work, doesn't know what they're talking about. When you put them in the forefront or you make them represent a group of people or you make them be the face of a movement that they have known nothing about. We spend just we just waste time on things that are just not important. Now the news cycle is they're actually running with a legitimate this is a legitimate news um, media house talking about someone is a, is a conscious is not consciously racist. Like, does that even make sense? So was he asleep? I need to. What is this guy's <laughs> name? Like, 
he's not a conscious racist. Like they, they said that. It's just it's insane to me. But what does that, that mean? Like, You're not a conscious racist. Now what? What does that mean? Where do we go from here? What fork in the road do we take? He wants he wants he wants a defense of the blacks. <laughs> That's what he wants. It just beggars belief. It actually just beggars belief. I mean, we can have a, a long conversation about the issues within the, within football and whatnot. But basically, an independent an independent panel found um, ex Crawley town boss John Yems guilty of racist abuse towards his players, and they banned him from football for fifteen months. But it was accepted that he is not a conscious racist. Now, if you look, if you're listening to this year, just Google this guy and. This guy is as racist as they come, as in EDL member racist, as in I'm going to go over to Africa and own slaves, like that kind of level of racism. Some of the stuff he wow. said. And this panel concluded, even though that even though they concluded that it was an extremely serious case, they've accepted that Mr. Yems is not a conscious racist. I wonder how many white people were on that panel. Yeah. Excuse me, are you forgetting that they ruled that there's no institutional racism in this country not too long ago? Yeah. Although, supposedly, mean, yeah. this is exactly what they, with their whole chest, guys. Yeah, that report where it said that racism is finished. That 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 triggered me because you know that all that stuff that happened at work. Mm-hmm. Was, that was just like, you see? So. <laughs> Yeah. In, in in issues where where people experience this on a daily basis in their in their jobs, in the street, you know, with other white people in any space, to have that was triggering for me because to have um such a public report state that, how do you expect anybody in this, in smaller uh, you know more micro um situations deal with that situation expect to get any you know I me mean, sort of justice or support. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, he, he's not a conscious racist, so yeah, okay, what next? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, I mean, we're slightly moving away from um, Harry and Meghan, which is good because we need to move on anyway. Um, but it, it does definitely, but it does speak to the wider point about these kind of conversations being a distraction. Because as I say, like, listening to what's going on with Harry and Meghan, at least from an entertainment point of view, is all well and good. I mean, personally, I've always said that, look, if what he's saying in any way aids the abolishment of the royal family of the monarchy, I'm I'm all for it. I, I feel like he should continue to talk up the things because they need to go. And if he unintentionally helps their downfall, that's great. Um, but outside of that, it definitely is a distraction because we have people literally striking up and down this country like every other day they even there's even if you google it there's even a spreadsheet that allows you to keep up to date with the various um bodies of people that are striking because it's i mean we've got unprecedented strikes going on nurses have never striked before teachers are striking everyone is striking anyone that has the ability to strike they are striking and it's all because of this cost of living crisis so we can happily now move on from Harry and Meghan um, and actually talk about while you're so while the media is so focused on them and while there are some very valid issues with them, whatever, there are also some even more important things that are going on. And one of them definitely is the amount of strikes that are going on at the moment. Um, and yet the media doesn't is spending time on Meghan and Harry. So 
I got a letter the today um, from my daughter's school that they will be closing that day because a lot of the teachers are part of the union. And I'm all there giving them a round of applause. I think that everybody should be on strike, to be honest. I don't know what you guys think about that. What do you feel about all the strikes that are happening? I think it's a long time coming. I mean, like you said before, I'm I'm happy that like the Meghan Harry conversation is sparking conversations about um monarchy abolishment. But you're right, it's totally distracting from all the things that are going on. And I think even now there still isn't a lot of coverage about the strikes that are happening and I just think it's like a long term, long time coming and I support anyone that works in public services at the moment striking because we've seen it time and time again thing everything is just getting more expensive whether it's whether it's rent whether it's interest rates for your mortgage whether it's food whether it's services everything year after year year after year everything is getting more expensive but our salaries are not going up at the same percentage as the cost of products and services and the cost of living. And it's just crazy that a teacher or a firefighter or, you know, a tube worker or anyone that works in public services, they're just getting bare minimum, like doctors, nurses, outside, even outside of what happened in 2020 with the pandemic, you would have thought at least the government would give them more money. Do you know what I mean? Like, let, I mean, actually, I, let's I let's government? let's talk about the pandemic. So, doctors and nurses, doctors and nurses, were in the hospitals every day, noon and night, looking after people that had COVID, as well as everyone else that were looking after. Didn't get any extra money. All their p, all their uh, was it PPE protection that got sent off to China, only for them to not have anything else didn't get any extra money no nothing but then the government the government went and told us at seven o'clock let's go and clap for the nhs and then you lot went out and clapped you got your pots and pans and then you cheered and screamed and shouted as if sound waves are going to enter the bank accounts of doctors and nurses and turn into pound coins this is the country that we are in much do you know what? It's it's actually it's actually you know, it's the Truman it's actually a Truman show. It's so bizarre. Like it's they, crazy. I actually think that in the cases of doctors and nurses, I think they're only striking now because they're only just getting over everything that's happened with COVID. Yeah, and it's just like it's absolutely crazy that people are working in public services, and their salary is still at the same place, and they're having to go to their unions and strike and strike and strike just to get a couple of percent increase it's I mean, absolutely crazy something's got to give um i think that's why we're at the point of a lot of strikes and protests and stuff like that because some something it can't go on it can't go on like this much longer there are too many people into in disadvantaged situations um and have no way out of it so yeah <laughs> you work his salary is reducing yeah it, and that's the thing it's not even that it's just stayed still it's actually they're expected to do more work yeah for less pay and then when you look at Westminster where MPs have had an increase of about 28 percent since 2010 
blood of Jesus. And, right. And if we look, and again, I mean, we spoke about this on the YouTube version of Black Canvas, where we spoke about politics and what's been happening there. And they've been giving, you know, their friends contracts, like PPE contacts, and then there's no PPE. There's been conflicts of interest all over the GAF. They are literally handing out billions of pounds to their friends. And here we have people who worked through the pandemic some of them even lost their lives. Like, I think we really need to um, really put this in, things into perspective here. Like, they were putting their lives on the line because even though many of us were able to sit at home and work from home in the safety of our homes, these people had to actually go out. Teachers were still going into schools because there were many students who could not stay at home, who went into school. And, I mean, even outside of the pandemic, like, I don't even want it to look like just because of the pandemic they deserve a pay rise that definitely is part of it but even before then like these people work extremely hard and when you have a government who year after year hand themselves pay rises not only that their livelihoods are massively subsidized by the taxpayer right they're already on inflated salaries and then they don't actually have to pay for anything right their travel accommodation utilities all that shit is paid for by the taxpayer and then we wonder why these people are going on strike. Like nurses are asking for a 19% pay rise, right? And people are like, oh my God, that's just too much. And it's just like, guys, surely people are leaving the profession in their droves. People are, don't want to teach no more. Like we want, we, we want our health service to be run by people who are smart, right? These people have gone to school, they've worked hard. And that's and I watched um, Prime Minister's questions last week, right? First of all, I hate PM. I hate that thing. I hate it. I feel like it's so performative. Doesn't actually achieve anything. But I just still watch it because clearly I have, I don't know, I have some sort of I'm a gluttony for punishment. But <laughs> I I watch it. And um, what is her name now? Honestly, I always go blank. But she asked um, one of our um, lovely uh, female Black MPs. She asked Rishi Sunak a very simple question about dawn butler that's it sorry my mind went blank for one second i was gonna say question. it's probably dawn butler yeah 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 exactly she asked him a very simple question will you meet with the head of the rcn so that's the union for the nurses they just want to have a meeting right they don't want this strike any more than you do they just want to have a meeting with upm he didn't ask the question Instead, rather than the government to actually negotiate with all of these public sector workers who are striking, what do they decide to do? We'll make it illegal. That's what they want to do. Rather than actually just sitting down with these people and actually understanding where this... I mean, they know where it's coming from because they cause the issue. They want to make the ability to strike in the way that we know it, but essentially illegal. But that's the, that's, that's the government's tactic for everything now whether it's protesting or striking or doing anything that you're legally allowed to do to call powers accountable for their actions. Anything, anything that shakes the table, they're now saying, oh, you can't do that. Or you have to do it quieter or you have to go and do it over there. Yeah. And, and they call this a democracy. Huh? It never, d democracy is a fallacy because I've never seen one. Boom. Mm -hmm. boom absolutely and and that is i think as you get older 
and you become more engaged with politics and just how the how politics runs in whatever country whatever part of the world you're in you realize that i think yeah democracy is an illusion that we've all been sold um but this basically what we're talking about if you're not familiar so the um the conservative government want to introduce new anti-strike legislation um, which essentially will enforce minimum service levels in key public sectors, including like the NHS, schools. Um, so the law which they want to introduce will allow bosses in like healthcare, education, fire, ambulance, rail, these are all the people striking, by the way, to sue the unions and sack employees if minimum levels are not met. But that defeats the whole point of a union and striking. The whole point is that you you go to your union you negotiate a deal, and if the deal doesn't work, you strike. It disrupts the service, and then the people are like, "Oh, the service is disrupted. Let's give, let's negotiate again and give them some more money." Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's how it all works, and that's what that's okay. what the unions were put in place for, so that the workers were treated fairly. Mm-hmm. But now you're yeah. trying to make laws so that unions can now do the exact opposite of what they were yeah. made for it makes yeah. no sense and i just can't believe that people aren't supporting people that are on strike like i get it it's inconvenient mm-hmm. but these people are barely making ends meet they can barely get oh, to work <laughs> they can barely get to work right, right and you're saying don't give them a, 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 an increase in their pay right yeah and and what's infuriating me about this whole thing is that they're claiming that this new law is about ensuring public safety. And I just have to laugh at that because if the government was tr- truly, genuinely concerned about the, the safety and the you know public self um, safety and healthcare, you would, because they talk about, oh, we've invested hundreds of millions of pounds into the NHS. And yes, that is a fact. They have invested but they they've said nothing about how they've actually want to retain talent why are doctors leaving why are nurses leaving because where is that money going and this whole thing about we want to ensure national um we want to make sure that um we have a, a certain level of service but then again, if they actually engaged with nurses, they would know that they came to their own national agreement about providing a minimum level of service. Like a lot of these people that work in public sector, particularly the NHS, like, for example, like ambulance workers or like, um, I don't know, A&E nurses, they're not going on strike. They're not because they do have, first and foremost, a duty of care. But they already, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, they already came to their own agreement about making sure that there was a minimum level of service. Mm. But also... These people have been overworked for years. Perfect example. Go on to any maternity ward right now. They do not have the numbers. It's so sad. They don't have the numbers. Teachers, we don't have the teachers. So, and Labour are not any better because Labour won't tell us what they would do to change it. What what the government are doing right now, they're just trying to make sure that the public remain docile. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. people just go online and they'll say what they have to say online but when it's time to go outside and do something they're not going to do that because that's going to inconvenience them and the general public we've just been conditioned to be docile when it comes to politics we've been conditioned to mm-hmm. not cultivate an appetite for political language and right. now we are just like in this 
cyclical limbo where something bad happens we say something online you may get a cute march and then everything goes back to normal in a couple of days but yeah. the government are the government are very switched on so that's why they do they're making these uh introducing these policies about protesting and getting more police on the streets and you know giving more powers to unions to to to, to sack workers that want to strike it's just making people not want to do anything revolutionary so to speak because the government knows that once the public go out onto the streets and cause havoc then they're finished because the economy goes upside down we keep on saying viva la revolution on online the government knows that that could actually happen and they're just trying to quell that revolutionary temperament yeah I, I don't even think there's even a temperament I don't think there is there isn't no but you know they're I just mean? covering all of their bases basically I, I it really does make me it, it, when you really think about it sometimes I can get quite emotional about it because I just feel like it almost feels so hopeless um, because the government have been in power for 13 years right it's been 13 years of failure and I don't know when that's going to register with the people of this country. Like, it's not, I don't know, maybe they think that with every new PM that's come in in the last decade, it's a new government. Like, I don't know what they think. Like, it, it's this, this is the same people, right? This is the government that have presided over years of failure in the public services like the NHS. And now they want to use those, they want to scapegoat those people who do so much for us, who do so much for this country. Yes, we know that th these NHS has its own issues and that's a separate topic but ultimately what the government is very good at is moving the the, the 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 focus on them and making out working people to be the bad guys rather exactly. than us all rallying together and saying do you know what like we are tired of the government taking the piss instead what they do is they turn us against each other so workers You'll see, you see it on Twitter, they'll be like, well, you know, when I was 17, I lived on, you know, gruel and I went out back and I foraged for my, for my breakfast. So you should be able to do that. All this nonsense. And I it's know. like, fam, fam, why you shouldn't, you shouldn't have had to do that. And In I the don't first place. Like right. it's not World War II. It's 2023. Like, what is this? Like we're here rationing, like somebody will, will complain about how much their shop is and then they'll be like oh well have you tried foraging for pears or something stupid like that and it's like fam i work monday to friday yeah. i pay my taxes i should be able to do a decent shop and do you know what i mean i should be able to heat my home i should i should be able to afford small small luxuries here and there look netflix is not a flipping luxury bruv it's not a luxury right? like just being able to watch a program in the evening Oh, have you tried um, maybe not um, buying avocado? Like all the, that, that is not going to stop. stop buying poverty. lattes in the morning, so going to the barista, you save yourself a world of money. You'll be able to start a business by tomorrow. Listen, not getting a cup of coffee from Starbucks every day is not going to get you that deposit for the house. Trust me, it's Especially not. Especially in this, in this world. Right, I'm, I'm telling you. Oh my gosh! And they tried to spin that pre-pandemic. Yeah, they did. Listen. Yeah, that maybe you're just buying. Maybe you're just buying too much avocado. I remember. I remember all the articles. No, do you so not I'm remember when the Boris Johnson said that you know if you buy a new kettle, you will save yourself ten pounds. Ten pounds of Boris Johnson um, said, <laughs> "You guys are poor. 
So go outside and buy yourself a kettle that will save you 10, 20 pounds on your electricity bill. That is going to be 1,600 pounds next month. Mm -hmm. The government, the government said, look, we're in a pandemic. All of you poor parents, poor parents, let's, let's give you some food. And they gave you half an apple, some dairy cheese, half a bag of rice and a slice of bread. And they said, look, here's your meal for the week. And that was, that wasn't even the first thing they did. They weren't even going to feed poor children. It wasn't until Marcus Rashford said, you need to start feeding poor children. And then they gave you pick and mix from the supermarket at half 11 at night. Please, please. This government have routinely, like they've made a career out of taking the piss. And it, it, it does, it really, it causes massive discomfort to me to think of what will it actually take for it, for us to really be like okay do you know what this is enough like I'd, it scares me because they've already limited our right to protest they now want to take away the ability to strike like striking has given us so many benefits that maybe people don't are not aware of like where how industrial action over the many decades what it has given us like it, it gave you a weekend yeah it gave you a weekend. It stopped your children going to work. It gave you a weekend. Holiday pay. Holiday sick pay, pay. Sick pay. Yeah. Basic, basic things that we take yeah. for granted. Things we all take for, thank you. The things we all have come to expect now when we join a new company and, you know, the standard benefits and, you know, your 25 days holiday or whatever. And this, that, and other. these are all the things that we've all come to expect now. When we, when we, when we you know, get meaningful employment, you all expect this now. Where do you think all that came from? That came from because people decided to strike and try to hold the government to account, right? When you take away people's rights or take away the ability to hold a government accountable, they will continue to take the piss. And this is exactly what's happening now. They want us to be docile. They want us to just sit down and bend over. And this is it. This is it. Like all of our civil liberties that we've got all come from some form of strike protest action or unfortunately death of a lot of people Mm -hmm. all of our civil all of our civil rights whether it's like having the weekend or getting holiday pay or you know women being allowed to vote or Mm -hmm. racial equality uh, policies the equality act all of these all of these things stem from some sort of pain struggle and hardship that countless people have had to go through and even die just so that policies can be changed so that people can get the things that they are born to have right i don't even think you know the people of the uk have what have in them to do what it takes for world change i don't even think they will even get there because like you said it would take severe discomfort it would take some violence they're not it's not gonna happen so it's like keep, keep putting your faith in these stupid government parties um, and suffer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's what this I mean, country think, loves to do. This country loves to suffer. I mean, they, they literally have a love affair with misery and suffering. Like, it's just the British way. Like, they just almost relish in it. And at the end of the day, like, it, it's just, it, it's just it, it is what it is, right? And I, I think that, I mean, I know in the very beginning of this conversation, we spoke about Harry and Meghan and them being a distraction and whatnot, but just to link it back 
to to them or the institution i don't believe that there will be any tangible change in this uk until the monarchy is abolished i think everything stems from the institution the starters like you know i think if we're going to have any real conversation about really destabilizing you know this country and how it's run and we i think it's start you need to cut off the head and i think the monarchy is if that would have to be abolished for us to have a real because i think all inequality all uh, fuckery in this country i think it all trickles from that institution all the way down it's the perfect circle because mm-hmm. it was it was the monarchy that commissioned those ships right so you might, someone might be listening and thinking oh what does the royal family what does the monarchy have to do open your ears yeah open your it's ears hard. your eyes and your mouth <laughs> and get into because them books that's what i'm saying like yes. you, this, you, this, you, go back time, you have, you have to read and this is not especially if like someone who's listening to us isn't familiar with like the uk and you know how conversations around race and inequality are differ from other parts of the world you do have to look at the monarchy and the way that they are revered and the way everything because at once upon a time this country and all of its subjects around the world and how they just basically pillaged the world and all the rest of that was it came from the royal family one king one queen or whatever ruled right that same attitude towards like the whole classes because the uk is a very classist society like extremely like in order to really understand how things work here you have to understand the class system and i think it's in really we're going to have any real conversation about dismantling any of these structures in the uk which causes so much inequality racism all of the isms there needs to be a real conversation about getting rid of the monarchy even the way our government is set up is so intertwined with monarchy you cannot make any tangible change in this country until we have a conversation about monarchy and actually because it's just not like anything else to me is just talking in circles yeah and i remember kalechi talking about this or alluding to this in one of the interviews that she's done and she said look if we're not having a conversation about abolishing the monarchy the conversation around race is redundant especially in this uk because 100 we're, we're a fair and equ- equitable society meanwhile we're gearing up for a coronation is this 1863 do you know do you know what's interesting or a good point to make is that going back to maybe remember when um david cameron was um tasked with the whole issue of reparations and an apology and all of that and um the british are clear in saying that they won't openly apologize for their part in colonization and slavery because that 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 means something it has a, a, a huge implication on the state and the monarchy and it it actually now makes them accountable for their um, part to play in that history. So when they're literally saying to us, sorry, we cannot acknowledge what we've done and what we're standing on, because that means we actually have to, you know, be accountable to. That means that we actually have to, you know, dismantle the systems. That means we actually have, might actually have to give you what we owe you, although that is actually economically impossible. So, yeah there's very clear reasons why things are set in place the way they are it's intentional right it's not just oh you know we just have to deal with it because you know the policies are what they are no it's very intentional and it's it's created to keep people in a certain place to keep what them said earlier to keep us docile so 
for me, when it comes to politics, I very much understand, do your research so that you can govern your own um, mindset and your own lifestyle. That's that's really the reason for it because the revolution has to start with you first. You can't be out here talking about anti-racist this um, activism when you haven't even done the work with yourself to actually understand how it impacts you and your family and what you can actually do on a daily basis to change that or to better that. So, yeah. No, that's that's really well said, Tiff. I completely agree. And one hundred percent asking people to read like it, it's. It's important. Like it, that's just. It's as simple as that. Like, really. it's it's sad that asking people to read is a revolutionary act. Reading is a revolutionary act now. That's that's how bad it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. And I. And but it's 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 just it's important because we can't allow narratives like, oh, he's he's not a conscious racist. Like we can't allow these things to really. No, please, brother. I'm honestly, I I tweeted saying I I refuse to engage in this. I'm so sorry because we're now going to spend the next hundred years on Good Morning Britain, having to having to fight against this new term of being a unconscious racist or whatever the hell it is. We're not doing that. It's like the quote I read at the start of this. Like it's a distraction. So my question, to sort of I guess wrap this up in a neat bow, is what can we do? Or what do you guys do to like remain engaged in the, you know, quote unquote, right things? Because I don't want to, well, let let me first off by saying, I'm not saying that being engaged in these, some of these frivolous things is a bad thing. Of course it's not. Like, look, I kiki at some of these, the Harry and Meghan stuff myself. I've watched the interviews, right? I've kind of drawn the line at the book, but I engage in it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like we said, I think the problem is when it becomes a bigger, it becomes a distraction to some of the bigger things and we are not then in the right rooms or we're not the ones then having the the, the right conversations because we've allowed these people to be the ones at the forefront. So what can we do then to remain engaged in the right things? I think, I think for me, it's, it's three parts. It's, doing the reading just doing some googles and doing the reading keep being engaged in conversations because you need to once you've done the reading you need to engage in conversations so you can nurture you know the art of debate basically and to keep your mind active in having these uh nuanced complex conversations and also instead of looking at politics in such a macro way just go local like i've said it before on the platform there are plenty of like grassroots organizations that are doing the work locally just go to them devote some time to them some resources or anything engage with them online and just have conversations and keep engagement with them in terms of books I think there's three books that I think everyone should read. The first one is obviously Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race mm-hmm. by Rene Edo Lodge. That's like, Brilliant. that's like racism in Britain 101. It's written in such an easy, accessible way, but goes into so much detail about um, the history of racism in this country up until about the 90s. Another one is Black and British by David Olusoga. That is quite a deep and a little bit harrowing 
look at black British history in this country going back to slavery. And another book I'd recommend is Back to Black, a retelling of black radicalism for the 21st century. And that's by Kinder Andrews. And that basically looks at the history of kind of like black politics and pan-African politics centered in Britain, but also looking at how the pan-Africanist movement kind of navigated itself in like West Africa, the Caribbean, the US and the UK. I think those are three kind of books that give you kind of like a, a comprehensive overview of black history as it pertains to Britain. Yeah, I would agree. I've read two of those three suggestions and yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I think yeah. it's important to if you, to understand why we are where we are. You you do sometimes, not sometimes, you do have to understand the history that gives you. That's why I love history so much because it helps you understand why things are the way they are. And that's why it's so important that we know our history and and that's why the whitewashing of history is such a tragedy because it definitely does form the way we think about things. And when you don't have an accurate picture of the, why things are the way they are, it can distort your view. So I would, yeah, I co-sign those recommendations 100%. Tiff, what are your recommendations on how you can remain engaged in the right things? What do you do? Yeah, I think it's important to um, continuously challenge your perspectives on things, especially around issues that we face on a daily basis. Like I said before, I've done a lot of reading on um, our history, you know, non-fiction books and stuff like that. So I think it's important to, like Dem said, keep engaged in conversation and challenge your thinking and also um, indulge in opposing thoughts as well. Yeah. Thanks, love. I think that's a good about, one, actually. Yeah, I was going to say that is a, actually a really good one in engaging. And that's something that we've actively tried to do on the on YouTube with Black Canvas is when we've had discussions, we've always been quite intentional about having a balance of views so that the conversation doesn't become like an echo chamber or it's just one um point of view because I don't think you really learn that way you may not necessarily agree and of course we're not talking about anything crazy but it's important sometimes when you're having these discussions to have them with people who don't necessarily agree with you because sometimes you can get a different perspective that you may not have considered and that's why I love our dynamic so much because we don't always agree even though there are definitely some fundamental things we definitely agree on but not always. And having conversations with the two of you has definitely challenged the way I think about certain things. Um, because again, we have a lot of unlearning to do as a people. And I think there's no, there's no shame in that. I think we have to admit that. But having conversations with people who maybe are have read more than me or who maybe ha yeah, have different views, it's definitely helped me. And I think my one piece of, you know, what can we do to remain engaged in the right things is I think it's important to not rely on one source for your information, um, particularly something, something. Say, or say that again for the people that didn't hear the first time. Please, <laughs> please say it again. I think but... it's important to not rely on one source for information and I th and that for me is somewhere like a Twitter, for example. I think Twitter is great for what it is. 
it's nice to have bursts of information and get information quickly but sometimes these social media platforms can be an enemy of thought and there's a lot of misinformation online like that's just how it is like and I think you need to get into a habit of interrogating some things challenging some things and also just not taking it for face value sometimes because as I say misinformation is rife so if you're getting all your information from Twitter, then that's the first mistake, basically. 100%. So that was a very interesting, I like this conversation and, I'm, and I'm, I hope everyone sort of followed yeah, along with the conversation because, you know, we want to make sure that the conversation, you know, makes sense, it's linked. And I think we flowed things very nicely, if I do say so myself. Um, we're into, we're, get, we're moving into like the last segment of, the pod where we where we've we've named it spotlight and as i said at the very beginning spotlight is a chance for us to basically spotlight someone something a platform a book or whatever that we feel that you should know about this is really important for us because we and i want everybody to know that it will always most always be a black thing black person something for us as a community because it's really important that we support our own and push things that we're doing in our community so i'm going to hand over to dems who is going to talk about this week's spotlight right so our first spotlight is going to be a book written by Onye Nwobanelli and it's a debut novel it's called Someday Maybe I've read it and it's an amazing book it centers around uh, a woman called Eve a British Nigerian woman and she's basically going through the grieving process She's just lost her husband. Her husband's committed suicide. And yeah, it's just a funny but very kind of like deeply moving story about this woman called Eve. And she's going through this loss. And, you know, her friends, her family and like, uh, like really, really toxic mother-in-law is kind of like, they're all kind of like pushing her through this grieving process far too quickly than she's ready for and it's basically a story about her kind of like looking back at her past with her husband and just trying just trying to piece together why like he did this and why she's at this place where she is now and just kind of like using that retelling of her story to kind of move through the grief process it's very relatable Eve the main character is very relatable her best friend and her brother, super relatable. It's like, they're like Nigerian British family. So I think every, anyone who reads this can like easily relate to the characters or knows someone that is similar to the characters in this book. It's, it's a great book. I love it. And I think you should all read it. And Onyi is like an amazing person. Like we know her on Twitter. Her tweets are fire. She's amazing. And everyone should read the book. Thank you. I am currently in the middle of it. So I'm so happy that you didn't go too much into too much detail because <laughs> you don't want to spoil it for the, the, the listeners. But I'm currently reading it. So I'm looking forward to getting to the end of it. And I agree with everything that you've said. Um, we are all quite fortunate to actually know her personally. And yes, yeah, she is a wonderful human being. Love her tweets. And we're so very proud of her because 
the book is amazing and you know we're never going to spotlight something that we don't personally believe in so yes as dem said please run out buy her book um did we give her details no so her twitter and ig is on you right o-n-y-i-w-r-i-t-e-s and she also is the founder of the uk's first writing retreat for black women and that is black pens so follow black pens as well that's at b-l-a-c-k underscore p-e-n-s brilliant go and follow guys so that concludes our spotlight for this week so now we're gonna go into our summary and to close so what is one thing that you've taken from this episode that you want someone to leave with because you know we've said a lot but what is that one thing that you think sticks out for you? Maybe that it's going to take a long time for things to get better. But if we all put the work in, who knows what might happen? Tiffany? That's all we can do, isn't it? Like, put your best foot forward and hope for the best. Because, you know, life be life. Guys, we're, we're all being impacted in some way by something. And I've never felt that more intensely than now. And I think, yeah, just trying to keep as positive as possible and making sure you're doing your best is all you can do, really. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I'm going to take back what I said before. And I'm just and I'm going to echo what Tiff said. Like, life is really lifing. Just do you and don't let man take you for idiot. Because this cost of living crisis, please, please, well, please, please. Well, definitely, it's an all-time high, guys. It's too expensive. Please, if that means, if that means cussing someone out, or if that means taking time to rest, or if that means taking time to read a chapter of a book, like, mm-hmm. don't let this country take you for idiot. Absolutely, wise words. I think for me, the one thing that I would want someone to remember from this is the quote that I read earlier uh, from Tony uh, Morrison. And I'm just going to say it again, because I, I just, I think it's just so powerful because this is what we live through in this UK. The, the function, the very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again, your reasons for being. And it's the, the quote is much longer than that. And if you have time, go and Google it. You can read the whole thing. But I think it's important, that last bit about it keeps you explaining over and over your reason for being. And it, that is exhausting. One thing this country loves to do to black people is to gaslight the hell out of us, right? So as Dems and Tiff said, like, at the end of the day, look after yourself. You don't need or you shouldn't have to keep explaining yourself over and over again with so much happening in the news right now, people are standing up for themselves. And at the very least, that should inspire us, that people are take, trying to take back their power and demand for what's theirs. And if history tells us anything, nothing is ever achieved in this life without some sort of violence or civil disobedience. So if you can't be on the picket line, just don't stand in their way. So yeah, sending all our love and solidarity to everyone out there who are striking we are with you we support you thank you so much for tuning in so if you are a long long time supporter and subscriber to black canvas 
we appreciate you. We see every comment. We get every message. We appreciate those of you that have been rocking with us since 2019. And welcome to those of you who are unfamiliar with the platform and you're here for the first time. Thank you. We really hope that you enjoyed this discussion. There's so much more to come. We love when you engage with us. So please do follow us on all of our socials. Um, We are on Twitter and we are on Instagram. That's at Black Canvas TV. So it's B-L-V-C-K-C-A-N-V-A-S TV. Please follow us, support us and let us know what you think. Though, especially those of you that have been listening to us for a long time. Let us know what you thought about the pod. This is new ter- territory for us and we're really excited to be here. And as Dem said, don't forget to drink your water. All right. Bye, my love. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <sighs> all righty guys i like that one so, do i just press stop recording yeah just press stop recording yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs>